Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast, not BS. Tune in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Soothing semantic. Yeah, man, Big ups to the man, yeah. Soothing semantic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, fish of all ages, this is the Soothing Semantics Podcast, and I am your host, Raphael Isaac Pinsky, and today we have a very special guest, a colleague of mine at Keller Williams Realty, and I am very excited for this episode, not to mention that we just currently went under contract on a property to get property together which uh, was quite fantastic. In one day of putting it on the market, David brought me a buyer, so now we're rocking and rolling, which is awesome. Uh, additionally, I wanted to mention, now that we're rolling, that I did not choose these couches. I know you. I know maybe some of you guys like them because you're just talking about it. They're butt-ugly couches. If my landlord, uh, Melissa, is listening to this, I, I, I apologize. I'm so- sorry, not sorry. They're probably your great-grandparents anyway. You probably don't like them either. But um, yeah, like the tassels, not my thing. Yeah. Definitely, like I don't think any guy in his in his mid twenty in his late twenties, late twenties, fuck, <laughs> would go and choose couches with tassels, dude. Like right. nobody's gonna do that. <laughs> it gives it a different feel, though, man. It's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> you don't see it very often anymore. Hundred percent, dude. So so here we are, guys. And so, Dave, tell us, tell the crowd how you got into real estate, even though I've, I've heard the story. Cool. Spill the beans, man, to, even if you're open to sharing what happened when you were younger and how things have manifested in, into what you have now. Yeah, so, uh, well, thank you for having me on. And, um, yeah, my name is David Baez. I am a South Florida native, grew up, you know, not too far away from here. You can probably walk to where I grew up from here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been in the real estate business for about four years now, four years licensed. I've been in really committed for the last three years. My first year was, you know, kind of off. I really didn't know what to do. I was still working other jobs, which we can get into that a a bit later. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing up that contract as well. It was a a pleasure to go into that for our buyer. And yeah, it's it's been a long journey. Before real estate, I was actually doing, right before I got into real estate, I was actually doing demolition construction. So um, I'm also in my late, well, I'm also in my early 30s now. So I had a son real early with my wife, Kathy. So I like to start off by saying that I'm also a proud husband, a proud father. Uh, I have an eight-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. Eight-year-old boy is David Jr. The three-year-old is Amelia. And my beautiful wife is Kathy, which she's the backbone of our team and of everything that we do. So we had our kid very early. I mean, we were both about 20 years old when we found out we were pregnant and we had our first son at 21. And um, from there, I was like, man, what the heck am I going to do now? I really didn't have anything going for me. Um, my past, I made a lot of mistakes. So I had a, got into some, you know, criminal mischief and stuff like that, which ended up, uh, you know, ruining my, my record and prohibiting me from getting normal jobs and, you know, doing what I thought was good for my family at that time but uh everything happens for a reason um got to know god along the way and god is still a big part of my life 
and he's the reason why I was able to change and, you know, be where I'm at right now at the moment. So it's been a long journey. Um, you know, our business is, you know, getting close to doing over half a million in revenue. So that's where we are here to date, or that's our goal for the next year. And, um, yeah, man. So right before real estate, I was doing demolition construction, which was tough. I mean, we were getting paid a hundred dollars a day to break our backs from 4:30 in the morning to you know 5:30 in the afternoon or whenever we had to finish the job. So that was a great experience for me, man. It really taught me the value of a dollar. It really taught me what hard work is. And when I found out about real estate, when I tried to go do something else, that's when I really saw a great opportunity and said, hey, you know, let's give it a shot. And here we are today. Half a million in revenue. Mm -hmm. Close to that now, and next year we'll surpass that for sure. Dude, it's it's an incredible, incredible accomplishment. It's so motivating. You know, when I when we were discussing the uh, the three hundred and sixty thousand. Yeah. In the other in the other meeting. It's one of those things where there's no. I mean, there's no ceiling to it. It's so, it's so exciting. Yeah. And the more you can, the more you can build that tree, and expand that tree. I mean, I, I've I've just had this conversation several times, and I I never get sick of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, there's there's oh, no. Sky's, yeah, sky's the limit here, man. This is that's the that's the beauty of the business, since you know, and that's the beauty of working for yourself. It's scary at the same time, but once you jump in and you see what's possible and you know what you have to do exactly to get there it becomes a fun ride right yeah yeah there's just um yeah real estate's a trip dude because there's so many different things that come up there's so many different ways to handle everything and what i what i like what what probably most excites me is the outside the box thinking needed because you really have to figure things out Mm -hmm. every transaction requires a lot of problem solving so I think that's really where the where the profits come in. You know, what are you what are you bringing to this client? Yeah, and there's makes so it much. Fun. To, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's so it's so uh, accomplishing, but it's mm-hmm. it's very rewarding when you have a pretty decent, pretty decent issue. I mean, the issue is mm-hmm. not anything minor. It's a pretty substantial complication, uh, oftentimes, and you need to really sort it out and kind of dissect it and say okay well here's where we are i either have option a b c or d b is doable a and b suck let's go with d you know and you kind of just have to figure out why they're good why they're bad what we can do here yada yada maybe maybe talk to somebody get it i can get advice from you get advice from someone else and once it's all said and done and it's solved it's amazing because you also have the confidence to go and if that happens again, you're like, okay, I got this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I believe the most highly paid people in the world are just very good problem solvers. We just pro- we just solve problems. That's really what we do, and we right. serve at a high level. And and you know those are the people that that usually tend to go the farthest in life. If you have a you know desire to solve problems for people. You're going to make money along the way. It's yeah. like the Zig Ziglar saying, you know, you get it. Help enough people get what they want. Eventually, you'll get what you want. I love so, that. Yeah. I love that saying. But it's also with the understanding of not doing it for your own benefit. Yeah. But understanding that it's going to come with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's Yeah, because you're helping. Thing. We're helping them get what they want. At the end, I mean, we're going to 
and I have to worry about where the money's going to come from. It's going right. to come. Right. It's such a good attitude. Yeah. The one thing I love about salespeople, depending on the salespeople, <laughs> but talking about realtors and realtors who are good realtors, professional and, and have integrity, they just have this amazing mindset, man. You go across all of Instagram and you look at any top producing realtor. They don't even have to be top producing, mm-hmm. but obviously you're going to want to look at someone who's doing better than you. You always just see this person so motivated. Mm-hmm. And we're all human. We have our down moments. We might not want to get out of bed on yeah. a Tuesday. It's not as if there's no time where we're feeling a little bit out of it. But for the most part, day in and day out, the people I've met in the real estate space down here are so locked in. They yeah. just have this attitude. All the positive attitude you need to be successful, they have it. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I totally agree with you. A lot of the top people that I see, and even people that are not at the top, at least not now, you know, you just at least get a picture of where their head is at, you know, and positivity is a... Oh, is, that's is a really a, good opening. Yeah, opening po- positivity subject. is a big, big part of, you know, getting to success because if I, you know, the world is two things, and I was, I forgot where I heard this, is energy and matter, you know, if for what you want, all the objects, all the materialistic things, obviously this all matter, but you have to have your energy on point in order to have good energy come back to you. Uh, I like what you said. You said even if somebody isn't there yet, mm-hmm. meaning say like me, I'm, I'm brand, I'm new, mm-hmm. so I'm not anywhere near where I want to be, but I can confidently say that people who get to know me know that I, my head's there. Yeah. You know, And when I meet other people, if I meet another realtor that just came in a month ago, but I see that they're in the office. I see that they're about it. They just have a positive, happy energy. I know it's only a matter of time. And I mean, you, you never you never know necessarily, but you can get a much better picture of where they're going to be based on where they're at now. Yeah, so it's, uh, and I've been, uh, truthfully, I've been surprised. You know, there have been people that I thought would really go very far and honestly didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, you, uh, start to get a good a good feel for it. Yeah, yeah, no, and I was told that when I first got into the business by a couple of coaches, like the people in this business that you expect will, are going to go the farthest are the people that usually don't make it and the people that you actually think are never going to do anything, those are actually the people that take off and, and uh, you know, end up doing big things. You know, I, I've seen both in my experience in the business and to me it all just comes down to consistency, you know. It's... Like you said, we're human. You know, we all can bring ourselves down every day. We can wake up on a Tuesday and not feel like waking up, which I even has the, have those days as well. But, you know, it's, it's what you tell yourself at that moment. And, you know, by you programming yourself to think positive and to be focused on your goal, it doesn't matter what gets in your way that day. Even if you wake up late, even if you start late, your mind is on finishing that day the best that you can and being positive about it. And it always turns out working out. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. So if I, if I have a day where I wake up later... It's so easy to say, oh, well, my whole schedule's thrown off. Let me just piss the day away. Get up, continue the day. So you get into the office an hour later. You get there two hours later, but you're there. Exactly. You have the whole day ahead of you. Don't just kill the entire day because it didn't go as planned. Exactly. And you never know. It could be one of the best days of your life, even though it didn't go that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it it has been, too. And, uh, And a great example of that, I don't know if you've seen it recently, was the Olympics, was when the... The girl that was running fell, I think, halfway or when the race first started, and she still ended up winning at the end. 
And that was just a great example for me that no matter where you start, no matter how you start, just get back up and keep going. I didn't even see this. That's crazy. This yeah. was track. What was this? Yeah, this was track. Holy Yeah, this shit. was track. And this was, I believe, one of the preliminary races. I don't even think it was a race that was that important. She still got up and ran and won. She fell and still beat them? Yep. Damn. Yeah. How did she do? That's crazy. How did she have enough time? Yeah, it's oh, crazy. She... Oh, that's the next level. I don't know how she she fell, but literally fell behind and was able to catch up. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure once you if you put that on YouTube, it's, it's gonna come out because it was it was going around everywhere and a lot of people were talking about it, even at podcasts and interviews. And I'll throw and, it in. I'll post yeah. it. Final lap in the first oh, team. Down goes It was a chain reaction. It started with Hawthorne. Last lap after going down. Hull is there as well in your top six. Coming and even in the morning mastermind that I joined called uh, Pivot Shift with um, with James Shaw. Hmm. He's another, um, I think, OP out of the Keller Williams in Naples. or Yeah, I think Naples. Not Naples, actually, Tampa. And, you know, he has a morning mastermind. And we always, that's another thing about keeping your mind positive, you know, having something in the morning that as soon as you wake up is going to get you into that good positive state, increase your energy and, you know, make you want to kill the day. The gym for me is that thing. Mm -hmm. The gym for me is yeah. absolutely that thing. Or listening to, I'll, I'll either just listen to hardcore 90s hip hop or 2000s, whatever it is, just something to get me going. But just yeah, I'm lifting. that way too at the gym, man. I listen to music at the gym. Dude. Or I listen. Sometimes I listen to motivational music. Um, yeah, or podcasts. Music. I listen to podcasts sometimes. Yeah, podcasts just, are good. Just sometimes too slow. Sometimes I need that that energy to pump me up. But when I'm in the car, it's mostly podcasts for me. Rarely. Lately, I've been listening to more music because sometimes I felt like I had to disconnect. Sometimes I felt like I'm just too too like wired in I the totally game. I totally hear that. You want to let your brain go a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hold on. Let me pull back a little bit because I feel my brain just getting all this content in and sometimes you just have to you know step back and really just observe and you know let your brain cool off a bit. very accurate and then yeah. you kind of drift off you enjoy you relax it's yeah. very true you recently had on your show lee rosa you know he's also a coach he's the the team leader at our office and you know he's still a coach of mine to this day even though i always i have a coach as well that we pay for and you know he told me that in the beginning as well you know learning how to shut off is a skill that you're gonna have to learn because in the beginning, it was very hard for me to shut off. I was just always just going, just going, just going. I'll be in the office from 8 in the morning to 8 in the afternoon or 8 at night, basically, mm -hmm. and just calling. Like, if I didn't have an appointment that day, I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going. That really started causing an imbalance between me and my family. I was really not spending as much time at home with them, which is understandable. Most, peop most people think that's wrong and you're a bad father. No, I mean... I look at that as being responsible. I look at that as not being selfish because I also want them to live their best life. So I want to make sure that I got the most that I can out of that day. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I was just very, very wired. Obviously, now we're at a we're at a different state. You know, we're making the money that we wanted to make. And now we're increasing that goal so that we can do bigger things with our lives. Um, so now I can spend a bit more time with them, which we spoke about at the team meeting. We hired a, a VA. My wife is, um, you know, involved more in the business to take more time off of my place so I can focus on what's really going to bring us the income and you know just starting to figure out you know it's not, life is not about balancing I look at it as counterbalancing so you just got to learn how to like you know okay this time is for business now I got to learn how to shut off this time is for my kids right or if I'm on a date with my wife you know put this phone away and focus on her which we just had to do that as well because you know the business can get in the way of a lot of things but we also have to be aware that you know we have a goal to get to and we just got to figure out how to counterbalance that. For sure. And now that you went into this, I'm going to ask a more of a personal question. What's it like working with your wife? Like, what's the experience like? Do you? Oh, it's not. It's not easy. 
<laughs> it's you, not easy you, working with your spouse yet. She has a bit of a high D in her as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, I have, I'm, I'm a high D. She's more of a high I, but she also has D in her as well. I also follow with my eyes. So we have very similar personalities, believe it or not. But sometimes we clash. Yeah, sometimes she wants to do things her way. and me want, But I come to let go of, I'm still learning how to let go of how I expect things to look and how I want it to look and just, you know, pass it on to her and that. And that's, that comes a part of leverage, you know, with leverage is even like you wanting to let go of a client to another agent. And, you know, and sometimes it's hard for you to let go of that. It's hard for you to let go of that control, but it's a skill you have to learn, even if it's with your spouse or an executive admin that you're going to have to hire. You're going to have to learn that either way. It's good advice. Because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not easy for a lot of people. I, I, I've thought about it. I've thought about, you know, when I, when I am married, what, what I would do if I worked with my wife. I'm not sure I could, but I don't know. It really yeah. depends on the woman. I think largely yeah. depends on, well, not depends on the woman, but it depends, it depends on largely what, who you are and who she is and how you mesh. And even if you're a good match, it could be that working together wouldn't be ideal. It's just a matter of uh, yeah. kind of it's figuring just, it not, out. Not letting the ego get in the way. I feel like it's a big That's thing. That's so you know? important, it's, man. It's, it's, you know, just learning how to put that aside and say, hey, you know, this is business. We're here to conduct business at the moment and not mixing things with business and at home has really helped us for example when we stop working we stop working you know we don't talk to each other as business partners and you know we keep going which is another big thing in working with your spouse is really learning how to communicate an effective level because you got to remember that you go home with this person at the end of the day you can't you know at the end of the day we also have to realize that not just in business but in life we're partners and we have to communicate accordingly you know to them how do you shut off because you're, you're working all day, right? So let's say you have this deal that's difficult. And uh, I don't know, maybe Kathy's making food, she's making dinner, and you're in the mm-hmm. kitchen, and you guys just, it doesn't, I'm sure it comes up in conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, Bill is so difficult, or oh, I'm so excited for this transaction. I close, you know, 50K commission, and my seller loves us, the seller loves us, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure you guys discuss it occasionally, right? So how well, does yeah, that? Of course. I mean, as far as coming to shut down at the end, I mean, I just. I had to come to notice how to also communicate with my clients. So I tend to let them know, hey, after this time, you're not going to get to me. And it's not a big deal. It's okay because guess what? Title companies and lenders and banks, they're not open at that time either. 100%. So it doesn't matter what you tell me. We're kind of expected. Everything though. is always going to go to the next day. So and I just I prepare my clients for that. I say, hey, you know, if I don't answer my phone call, give me a text message. If it's a late message. I'll get back to you as soon the next morning as right, soon as right, possible. Right, right. That's good. So it's just I think it's front loading that and you know letting them know up front that hey this is how we're going to communicate and that was very important for me because I was always the type of agent that I wanted to answer every call, I wanted to help you at any time. I'm always there and I'm still like that to this day. I just I I started to learn and to study the way that I have to communicate to the clients to let them know that hey I'm also human as well. And I also have a family, I have two kids. So you know, I had to let them know that, hey, after this time or after these certain times, this is the way that we're going to communicate. And I think also bringing on the additional leverage has helped me as well. For example, we have two showing agents that help us showing property. So whenever we're working with the buyer, we're not the one showing the property. Our showing agents are showing the property. So how do you work that, by the way? Do you pay them a percentage of the transaction or do you pay them a... Yeah, the- we pay them a referral fee at the end. Yeah, there's many other teams and agents that do it differently. They'll pay per door. They'll pay... Per door, per door and also a bonus at closing we just pay at closing because we've come to notice that they show the clients a lot more care and they show them a lot more attention when they're not getting paid up front 
Interesting. I've come to notice that if they're getting paid per door, you know, any door that can come after that, they'll just charge. They won't really care about it, whether they close that or not. That makes perfect sense. They're yeah. getting their money. It's like, eh. Exactly. They're you getting have... paid. Yeah. So I want somebody that's really going to be involved with the team because we're, we're very big on customer service. And that's something that we can talk a bit, a bit about that as well, is that when we started getting a lot of business and we did not have leverage, a ton of business started coming in and our service started dropping a lot. We weren't communicating with clients on time. We weren't reminding them about the utilities that they had to connect the day of closing. So we just started seeing a lot of things falling through the cracks. And not only in communicating with clients, but also in taking new inbound business, they were falling through the cracks. So that's when we really started seeing that we needed that leverage. And by us getting the showing agents really helped us out a lot. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they... they it's always spoken about. I hear it with Aaron. I hear it from Lee. I hear it from so many agents, so many experienced agents. And they talk about the simple notion that there's so much time. There's only so much time in a day. Yeah. So once you start to build the business, once the business starts to, to grow and you have more clients than you can handle, if you're trying to take care of everything, you're either going to lose out. You're going to start losing people. Yeah your service is going to start to to dwindle. It's going to start to, um, mm -hmm. you're going to have a, a worse service because you can't, uh, you're going to start to create this 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 efficiency factor, I think. You, you know, you want to get everything done, but you're not providing the proper service. Exactly. So that's where the income servicing and income producing comes in, which yeah, is so important. Which is why leverage is very, very important. I mean, if you want to have a very successful business, if you want to have, a business that have that you have raving fans which we're grateful to have that which raving fans just a term using keller williams that it's a it's a client that's going to be a client for life they refer yep. you business i mean i have a a client that i'm not even the one that sold this house that he bought his house with me he came in through an open house we showed him a couple properties he said clearly that they had another agent but we just clicked we're like okay let's go show you a pro couple properties they still ended up buying a different property with their agent and two years later, they sent us like about five referrals that we've closed on. They're sending us another two active clients. Wow. That, and that you didn't even in. close with that person. And we didn't even close with that person. Wow. And, you know, most likely, who are they going to call when they go to list that house? Or you house you and Ghostbusters. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> exactly. And it's uh, a good one, by the way. Thank you. So, yeah. So, I mean, they're sending us referrals. And these are not just people that send us referrals. These are actually people that say, hey, I'm calling these guys. If they don't call you, I'm saying, hey, why haven't you called David yet? Like, go ahead, start the process. Like, they're, you know, they're raving for us. They want us to succeed. And, you know, not only that, they want their clients to work with us. They want to make sure that they don't call anyone else. Well, so because if somebody knows, like oh, dude, I couldn't. If, if, if you have gone above and beyond for somebody, mm -hmm. they know you've proven that they can, that you, that they can trust you. Yeah. They see it. They, they experienced it. They got what they wanted and they're happy. They're going to confidently to give you over to another person because they know that they're doing, you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. I got you. So as a friend, Bill calls Tom, Bill goes, yo, I need to, I need to sell my house. You know anybody? I got this guy, David. Yeah. And there's no hesitation. He's like, David's got a car. And in the beginning, exactly what you just said there in the beginning, that's what, that's, that's my goal. I want everyone that I come in contact with, that I've done business with, that, are, that is in my sphere, that is in anywhere at, my, at arm's length, mm -hmm. that is not in the real estate business, that they think of me or they think of my team whenever they want to do anything regarding real estate. Mm -hmm. And that's, what we're, that's our goal, is to be the real estate company of choice here in South Florida. 
I've never bought or sold a house with you, dude. But I, I, as soon as I met you, I just felt very, you, you, you give over a very trust, trustworthy essence to you. Like you're just an, a Thank nice, you. easygoing dude. Yeah. But at the same time, you have a mentality where you're going to get things done. Like you're going to drive through the wall and make it happen at the same time, which is just, yeah. it's a great combo. Yeah. And, can, and, yeah. and that's what I want to artic- articulate to my clients is that in the beginning when I came, I, I got into the business with some agents that were not the best agents. And I told myself that I'm always glad that I went through that experience because it taught me how not to be that type of agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it actually showed me the type of agent that I do not want to be like. Uh, so I'm not going to go into detail on that, but it just it may really open my eyes to say, Hey, I really want to be a resource for my clients. I really want to be a resource for my family. And I want to make sure that I do everything, you know, with ethics. I want to make sure I do everything with honesty and, and integrity. And I know if I focus on that, the money will follow a hundred percent. And you know what I also, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, there's also the idea that agents can either work as a team or they can work against each other. Yeah. And if you have a, if you, if I have a realtor, that's extremely difficult if they're nasty, then I'm going to have to just somewhat match that because, and let me, let me go into that a little bit. It's not in a, in a, in an immature way, like, Oh, well, I'm going to get you. It's more that if they're trying to get one on me and I have a client I have to represent that I'm going to have to do what I have to do in the sense where I'm still going to try to be cordial as best as possible, but I can't buckle and let, let anybody walk on me. At the same time, I'm always focused on working as a team. Right, even though my fiduciary duty is to my client, so if it's to the buyer to get the lowest price, if it's to the seller to get the highest, I want to be able to work something out where we're all happy, ideally. Yeah. You know, so thank God all of the realtors I worked with, some honestly were more professional than others. Um, some of them were hard, definitely harder working than others. I just did a recent transaction. I'm going to send this to her this episode, sir, because I'm giving her a shout out. But yeah. I did the Fort Lauderdale listing. I worked with a phenomenal realtor. Her name was Teal, Teal Sherman. Was that the Galt Ocean? Yeah, yeah. Condo? Yeah. yeah, so just a really, really sweet person, nice person. Yeah. Um, and it was it was not an easy transaction. Yeah. And we just were communicating throughout the transaction. We we got along very nicely. It's just so important. If you're dealing with a tough transaction. It's very important. And both of you can, can work together. Yeah. And we, that's what we were doing, you know. There was there were times that were stressful, but it was never like you this and you this and you that. We we were, you know, we had our stressful experiences, but through and through, we got everything taken care of. And you know, if anyone were to ask me, oh, you ever heard of Teal? Do you think she's a good? I would vouch for her like one thousand percent. I'd be that's like awesome. phenomenal. And that's and that's all we have in this business. I mean, the, uh, many people don't realize that we have to be good with a lot of the other agents. You know, is. I've gotten many deals where they had multiple offers and, you know, their people are sending out offers better than us. And we got the deal because we have worked with that agent before. They know how we work. You know, we've, you know, and, 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 and it's very important to have that because it's not only going to be good for you, it's also going to be good for your clients. If you have a client that really wants a house and you know that agent and you worked with them before, it's, 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 it's going to help. It's going to help you out a lot. And going out and going back to where right before the the water started bubbling there, I was actually going to bring up about that condo when you were getting that listing and you told me, hey, you know, I'm getting this listing and you showed me all that. Hey, it's a great property. And I just remember saying, you know, just be optimistic because we're the only ones that can be optimistic in our own business. You know, we can always say, well, something's going to go wrong here. Something's going to look bad there. And, you know, the price may not be good, but we have to keep it optimistic for our clients. And if we're within that realm of the right pricing, 
we just have to be confident for them and that's that's what this game is missing a lot we have to be confident because the client feels that so we have to know what we're doing we have to be confident that we can do what they're requesting us to do and you know that that brings that brings that brings business at the end of the day 100 percent. i think it's there's so many for i love what you said it's 100 percent true there's a lot of people that don't well, a lot of people don't like people, right? <laughs> and in a relationship business like real estate, we're going to deal with people that we don't click with, right? They're, these are people that we wouldn't go and have a drink with. They're just, we're different, right? So with those kinds of people, I, I was telling someone this the other day, it's so important to be able to find something, some kind of common ground with that person. So even if this person's a polar opposite, if, if we're completely different people, if we have a common interest, okay, these these cat allergies are not not easy, yeah. but we're managing. We're gonna. It's not it's not COVID, guys. Calm down. <laughs> so, the the common ground allows for the relationship to blossom, even if it's not the same as you and I, right? You and I click very nicely. There might be yeah. another realtor, another client that I don't click as well with, and I tend to get along with most people. But I'm gonna try to find something. And usually it just happens through conversation. You, uh, whether it's um, some sort of sport or cars, clothing, whatever the conversation is, once you can find that thing, even if the person might not be, like, I'm kind of being repetitive here, but it's just such an important component. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm trying to think if, if I mentioned that in the in the Zoom meeting, I might have. Um, but it's so important. I think a lot of people get frustrated. And they get fixated on the, oh, I just don't like this person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've... It's all ego, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, like sometimes we have to put that aside. Like, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of people that you run into, especially in the in this business that, you know... And something that I always kept in my mind is, for example, like when I'm calling for sell by owners or expires and they start, you know, ranting, saying disrespectful stuff, saying mean stuff... You know, I can just say, hey, I don't like this person. I could just say, hey, you know, thinking positive, they probably just had a bad day. You know, I'll just call them back later. And many times I'll call them back later or a few days later or a week later, if you know, whenever I get in contact with them and they'll be a completely different person or I'll just knock on their door and they're a completely different person. So I think it's also we never know what somebody's going through in that exact moment. You know, we don't know if they just went through something. We don't like so I tend not to judge people too quick. If somebody, you know, people are going to talk about you regardless. People are going to either like you or don't like you. So mm-hmm. I tend not to focus on that. I just always tend to help people, even if I know somebody on the other side may have some opposite feelings about me. If they ask for help, it's just and that's just in my nature. I just I, I like to help people. Yeah. And that's what I feel has made us very successful in this business because we have had a lot of sellers that they started out very difficult. Like when we make that initial call, like when we start listing the property, they'll just make it very hard for us. Very, very hard. And when we've come to the closing table after closing, they'll actually come up and most of the time thank us and say, hey, you know, I was really going through a hard time. I was having financial difficulties or a family member passed away and and we would have never thought that. We would just thought that they were just a bad person or they were just, you know, be, that's that's who they are. And you'll be surprised, man. I mean, at the end, we just we just battled through that because we wanted to help them. And sometimes we really felt like felt like pulling the plug on certain deals, man. And we were just like, you know what, let's help them because they need this. And let's, you know, let's keep let's keep the ball moving after. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's and it's well worth it at the end of the day. 
It is. It is panning out. Yeah, it is definitely is well worth it. And and you know, and going back to leverage and you know making sure that we communicate with people directly. I I've heard, I got a quote from somebody that I heard when I first started in the business, and I'm really starting to see that now when it comes back to having time and having time for what you want to do. You know, like going to the gym, spending out time with family. And the quote was, "In the beginning, you're going to trade your time for profit." And then as you go down into your business, you're going to end up starting to trade profit for time. So that's when you start hiring leverage, like having a showing agent and paying something at the end. Yes, I'm making less money, but I also have more time right. to focus on sellers, to take my kids to a baseball game, to take them to the beach, do whatever it is I want to do. For example, we're here now having just, this podcast. You just gave me a great question. Hold up. You, I'm, go not ahead. Gonna, I'm not even going to I'm going to. I'm just getting excited. Why I said it. it. This, on, is, this is why I said it. Go ahead. No, go on. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, ahead? yeah you continue and then I'm going to throw it in. Okay, well, I was just going to say, like, for example, we're here sitting now and our showing agents is out there showing property. And it's we're amazing. getting, yeah, and we're getting messages about well, how much do you give real quick? Office. How much do you give them at, the, at closing generally? That's a great question. Uh, right now, we're actually going to be going through a bit of a change in how much we're offering because our price point is getting a lot higher. So, and also because it comes time that they're when you say only, price point, you mean just the, the transactions you're closing are, are more correct? Yes, okay. yes. So our average price point for the last two years was like around two hundred, two fifty. Last year went up to about three, three fifty, and now we're you know we're probably averaging four, four fifty, five hundred thousand. So, you know, and depending on how much property they show, um, we, we think that we're, we're going to make probably an adjustment to that. But at the moment, we are offering 20% at closing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how do you find these showing agents? Generally newer agents? Who are people that generally Generally do? newer agents that are hungry, eager, uh, that want to work, um, that want to get, the, to get to know the business as well while they're making money. So it's kind of like an internship, you know. Brandon it's and like, Rashad. Brandon yeah. and Rashad. How you doing, Brandon and Rashad? Yeah. Exactly. They're in the office. They work, man. Like yeah, no, I see those kids in the office, man, and it's really inspiring because I was one of those agents when I first started. I wasn't fortunate enough to start as an er- of an early of an age as they did. Especially Rashad, he's eighteen, man. Yeah, that's amazing, he's a man. Smart dude. By the like, time he's a few years in the business and he keeps going like that, they'll be very successful. I told him that. I said, dude, I started, I started at twenty six. Me too. Twenty seven. Yeah, like. You have, I told him, I said, you have such a head start. If you take yeah. this seriously, I said, because I speak to him, he's a smart kid. I'm like, if you, if you buckle down now, I mean, you can be a millionaire. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a millionaire by the time you're my age. Yeah. And I said, just think about that. Like, it's, it's crazy. And that's the Maybe. great thing about this business, man. It's like, no matter what you get, no matter at what age you get in, no matter where you, where you are, where you start, there's always a way to find business. You just have to mm-hmm. have that hunger and that hustler mentality you know and going back to talk a bit when i was younger you know i was always the type that i always just loved to sell i sold everything from shoes to to uh you know to snacks at schools to you know fourth fifth grade printing out dragon ball z pictures in my printer and selling them for five dollars two three dollars when they're turning super saiyan i was actually selling those because those were the times when those binders three ring binders started coming out where you can put like a page in the front and that'll yeah, be like yeah, a yeah, cover yeah. page so we were just selling these pictures of super saiyans dragon ball z and everybody was putting them in their folder like it's as amazing. a cover folder i also did yeah i i sold gatorades i sold these headphones. Yeah. i used to go to i used to go to this store called Shoprite. That's uh, one of the very That's common amazing. stores. It's like a tri-state, like a tri-state area store instead of like Publix or Winn-Dixie. Oh, okay. And I remember seeing uh, the the set of headphones and ear and, and ear earphones, whatever you want to call them, and they were like I don't know five six bucks. I sold them for fifteen twenty dollars to a bunch of guys yeah. at my school, 
and people were buying them. I must have sold like twenty of them. It was I didn't sell that many. And then one of my buddies is like, "Yo, where are you buying that? Where are you buying these?" I'm like, "I can't tell you. That's the whole point of the sale, yeah. you know." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "It's not like you're getting a bad deal. You're getting, you know, these this is a good price." And then one of my buddies found them in Shoprite, and he was like, "Oh, okay. Now I know how much you're buying them for." I, and I didn't feel guilty, but yeah. I'm like, "That's but that's how this works. Wholesale, yeah. retail. I'm like, that's exactly you know what I mean? Like that's technically it's a, you know, it was already retail. Now I'm retailing it again. Exactly. But ultimately, that's what's. I mean, that's what a product is. It's always going to be made cheaper than you're selling it. I'm like, you can if you don't want to buy it from me, and you found out where it's at, go get it. Yeah, it matters so, where you're buying it too. The convenience of yeah. buying it at school rather than walk into the 100%. shop right to get it you know it's that's what makes it a lot like for example when you go buy a bottle at a liquor store it's not going to be the same price of bottle when you go drink it at a lounge in Miami beach you know it's going to yeah. be an astronomical price not They're even charging you for triple. a cup as much as the bottle costs exactly exactly yeah, and that's it's because the convenience you're paying where right. you're at yeah right so that's very you know and me growing up with a single mother you know my mom and dad split when i was about 12 13 years old so that really shifted my mindset because, you know, me and my dad weren't having communication from like about 13 to like about 17, I'd say. So about four years, you know, he moved to Orlando. He had another daughter up there, which is my sister up there, which I love her very much, Jalen. And um, and we also, I also have a younger brother here and a sister, Daniel and Jennifer. And, you know, growing up with a single mom just and me as the oldest kid just made me realize like, hey, I really have to help her out. She, you know, came here at 18 years old. She didn't graduate high school. She dropped out because I was she was pregnant with me at 17. So she had to start working. So, you know, we I, it really gave me a different mindset, you know, growing up as to, you know, about money mainly because I seen a lot of arguments about money. I seen them split about money and Bro, money is such a big yeah, reason. Yeah, as much as people like to say that hey, money is not important, money change no. Money is very important. Money is very important. <laughs> I think important it's mostly pe- bro. I yeah. think it's two things. I think it's People without money use it as a coping mechanism to act like it's not important. Exactly. As if they wouldn't want it if they could have it. If I could hand it to them, they'd take it in a second. And then wealthy people to kind of try to to level with, you know, poorer people, they go... It's not everything. Okay, so you can give it to me then. If you don't want it, I mean, all the money you work for, you can, yeah. it's not, it's a bit of horse shit when yeah, they do that yeah. because it's like you're, no one says it's everything. Yeah. It's not, of course it isn't everything. People just misunderstand that you have to take it with a grain of salt. You can be rich and unhappy. You can be, you know, I wouldn't say you can be poor and happy. There are people who are poor and happy, but it's all a matter of mindset, but there's just a, there are a lot of things that money gives yeah, you, exactly. and so long as you're well rounded in the other areas of your life, then money will bring you a lot of good. There's yeah. no other way. There's no way about yeah, it. It gives same, you options. Yeah, there's the same. Many people say that money changes who you are. Then that is not true. Money actually amplifies who you I are. Love so that, if you're too. a bad person and you get a lot of money, you're just gonna be a bad person with a lot of money. Right. If you're a great person, it's just gonna amplify that. Now you're gonna be a great person. You're gonna have money. You're gonna help people out. Mm-hmm. And being poor is not how much money you have in your bank account. Rather than a mindset. 100%. Being poor is 100% a mindset mm-hmm. because the way that you think is really just gonna show or really going to tell you what are you going to do in life financially 100%. so and 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 many people they look at money the wrong way i mean i see it as you're going to be stressed i mean life is going to be stressful life is going to be difficult life is going to be hard with or without money i don't know but if you ask me i'd rather be stressed and life is difficult with money rather than without money. right 100%. You know, 100 and i would never go back you know so um there's a lot you, you think do. about it differently and i ev- actually believe that 
not wanting to get money, not wanting to make money, at least to do good, is actually very selfish because there's are there are people out there that by you getting somewhere it inspires them to get somewhere by mm -hmm. you going out there and making money you're able to help your mom you're able to help people on the street you're able to help somebody that doesn't have any clothes um you know and uh and i think about almost 10 years ago we had a big change in my life too where my father got deported to dominican republic now i'm blessed and fortunate enough that i'm able to get him you know a few years ago he got deported he spent a few years in prison for you know being at the wrong place at the wrong time hanging with the wrong people and he did not have papers, so he ended up being deported. And luckily, I was just starting my my career in real estate then, and you know, grateful to be where we're at now because now we have an apartment over there for him because he's a, a lot older now. And in a foreign country, it's very hard for you to get a job unless you own your own business or unless you have connections. Mm -hmm. So, and it was it's very hard over there, and it still is. But you know, we're able to support him. We're able to get him a place. Able to give him food. So, you know, if I wasn't doing this, we don't know where he would be. We don't know where a lot of people wouldn't be. So, and that just makes me want to keep growing, keep making more, because I know that not just myself, a lot of people around me are going to be affected positively by that. Yeah, dude, your dad probably has so much appreciation for you, man. I can't even imagine. Oh, he tells me every day. He tells me every day. Yeah, he tells me every day. And like I was mentioning before, I mean, the first few years that him and my mom split, we're working in communication. He was still, my dad's a great guy. He just, he loves to party. He goes out there. He, I, I still tell him, hey, you still, I still, you still think you're 18 years old. Yeah. And he's 56, you know. He, not that he goes out and parties, but it's just his mentality. He doesn't yeah. worry about things. He's, you know, he's not the type to have his own business. He always worked. Right. So it's a very different mindset to the mindset that I have. Right. I, all, you know, I believe in working for yourself. I don't believe in going out there and having a salary. I believe that's mm -hmm. just you giving your life up. Um, for example, when my kids want to go to college, I'll say, I'll only pay for your college if you're going to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer yep. or something like that. Yep, if it's yep. not, then you know, go find out where you're going to do. Because to me, I don't see it as value for them. I could not agree more, dude. And I got a degree in business and I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I think college is becoming l less and less of, import, of an important. Well, yeah. uh, and the so. costs are rising. <laughs> but it's a business, man. College is a business. Yeah, 100%. But I wanted to get into something. We were, you were talking about taking your kids to baseball games. How do you feel your kids see you because kids are very very intuitive they're they're yeah, sponges and they're brutally honest especially they'll tell you things that adults won't tell you because they don't know better they'll be as straightforward and oh, honest yeah. as possible so how do you feel as a parent being that you're so successful thank god at your age how do you how do you feel that your kids see you i'm sure they love you and, and look up to you what are how, what kind of energy do they give you as far as, you know, from a work perspective, because I'm sure they know, I'm sure they get an oh, idea yeah. that their dad yeah. is doing well and their mother is doing well and all that. Oh, yeah, so. man. My, and that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Mm -hmm. my, I'm my curious son, about this. Yeah, actually, my, my son is amazing, man. He's he's <coughs> one heck of a character. He's like me times 10, you know, and it sometimes even scares me because I even though I have the mindset that I am, I strive as, you know, sky's the limit for me his mind is just so much bigger and that's what i feel like me being successful has brought him he sees me he says you know, he even tells me i want to be a realtor he's like i want to be a realtor when i get older sometimes he changes sometimes you know i may be a doctor or i may want to go to space and stuff like that but he always comes down to say dad i want to be a realtor like, i'm going to be a real estate agent and, and it makes me proud because he just sees what's possible and he brings up hey dad i can't wait till we're in our lamborghini or we're in our ferrari 
you know? Dude, do you understand, though, that a kid his age, yeah. it's all you, meaning yeah. it's all you. People yeah. don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. If you you are just so positive and, and you give off, you radiate like this 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 motivated i'm get i'm gonna get what i need to get mentality exactly your kids just soak it up and it's like you're building this awesome human you're just a lot you're giving the world an, an awesome human there aren't enough of them and yeah, yeah it's amazing it's amazing it's, it's dope, amazing dude. it's amazing to watch it's amazing to watch him grow and you know he, he's my big why i want to make sure that he grows up with that mentality that he can do everything i want him to grow up and have a f- happy home because i did not have that I want him to grow up thinking that anything is possible because I didn't have that. So it's, it's just very amazing to watch. And the way that he just speaks, he's, you know, for a kid eight years old, he's very articulate. He tells you what he wants. Um, he doesn't take no for an answer. And, and you know, I always tell him, I always just ingrained in his head, don't ever let anyone tell you what you can't do here. Anything that you put your mind to, whatever the mind can conceive, you can achieve. My grandmother always used to tell me that. Yeah. That's, that's why... We also, you know, my grandmother raised me, so we definitely didn't have much in the money department, but she always used to tell me that growing up. And I'm still grateful that my mom, you know, even though my mom (laughs) came from a third world country and everything, she was always very supportive as far as her mindset. She never told me once when I was getting out of a job that I was making $2,000 a month, you know, breaking my back, and I told her I was going to go, hey, I'm going to go try out this real estate thing. She was always very supportive. She always told me, I know you can do it. I know you can do anything you want. And it's it's not something that's usual for somebody to see that comes from a third world country, but as, you know, she also, since she got here at a very young age, she also saw, you know, what this country can do. And, you know, she even saw what real estate can do, because my mom bought a house, you know, 30 years ago here in North Miami Beach for $80,000 is now worth half a million dollars, you know, and, <laughs> she's, crazy. and she's almost done paying it off, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's amazing because now she, she loves real estate as well. We're, you know, we're closing on a investment property that we're going to make an Airbnb. She's the one that's going to be managing it as far as cleaning, because that's what her background was. She was always like a housekeeper and, you know, working in buildings Dude, and maintenance. Dude, you've given your family so much, man. Yeah, yeah, man. And then, and, you know, because they've given me a lot, right, too. You right. know, they made a big sacrifice. Um, you know, unfortunately, a couple months ago, my grandfather passed away from my mom's side, my mom's father. And that was very difficult because he's the one that brought us all here. Like, he, my mom has five sisters, four brothers, you know, six sisters, actually. One passed away when, when she was a baby. But ten kids in total. And, you know, he brought all of them here along with their husbands and their wives. And I was the first one to be born here in my family. Wow. In 1990, yeah. They wow. got here in 1985, 1986, 1990. My mother and my father met. I was the first one in my family to be born here. Anyone that's older than me and my family were all born in the Dominican Republic. Wow, dude. <laughs> it also just brings me brings me to the to the classic America's amazing conversation. Yeah, yeah, man. American, <laughs> the American dream is still out there, and it's, it's, it's a for sure thing, man. People still want that. People still want home ownership, which is why we're in... I, I look at it the, the best business that anyone can be in because it's something that's always going to be in demand. Mm-hmm. So somebody's always going to need a roof over their head. So in this business, we can use this as a tool to take us to places much farther because um, I also knew that when I first got into the business, I did not want to be the agent that's 80 years old, 70 years old, still out there showing properties and going on appointments. I knew that I did not want that. Right. I have a goal of retiring and working if i want to or where i want to by the time i'm 40 45 just to even have that option doesn't mean that i'm going to stop but at least have that option that hey if i want to stop working now i can stop working i think the exact same way Mm -hmm. 
I want to be in a position where I can if I want to, but I don't need to. Yeah. And then you can play the field. You can develop property. You can, you can, you know, you can create the bias building. Yeah. Just something with a Dominican flavor or something. Yeah. You just do whatever it is you want to do. You build this this complex and somewhere in Miami, it's oh, yeah. got your own flavor. You and your wife design it together, and that's just your 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 playtime. And you, God willing, make a great amount of money off of it in the process. Yeah. But it's like you're not in a position where money is in control of you. You can leverage it to your advantage and just you know, benefit yeah. from it. Enjoy exactly. It. Exactly. The key is to eventually have your money work for you. Yeah, dude. It's, it's very important. Very, very important. And I think that's what a lot of newer agents that come into the business fail to do is that they, they fail to plan. And I believe when you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And I, when I came into this business, I had a, obviously not the first few months or even first year, but eventually I just wanted to know what the top people are doing. I wanted to know what the people that are in their 50s and 60s that are, that are where I want to be, what did they do? How can I learn from their mistakes? So I just started li reading books. I started going, listening to a ton of podcasts, which I still do, uh, listening to a ton of interviews and just started seeing what they were doing to get to where they're at. And I also, and I just came to find out that a lot of the top agents or a lot of the people that are successful in real estate, they use real estate sales as a tool to get them to where they want to be mm -hmm. or to live the life however they want to live it. And that's what I plan to do is use the resources, use the revenue from my real estate sales to fund buying properties, to fund making investments, to fund buying other businesses. So that way passive <coughs> income can start coming in. And that is the end goal is passive income. Oh, dude, I, I'm, I'm definitely far from where I want to be in that regard. Yeah, but I can't wait for that. And that's the podcast is hopefully going to be one of those passive income streams. It will, it will, man. It yeah, will. I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm not far off, man. I'm not far yeah. off. I I have I have um, one of Aaron Novello's very good friends, and Aaron coached him as well. Jose Luis Morales, shout out to you, brother. Uh, he is a stellar realtor in California, Ventura County, some somewhere in Cali. I'm okay. not sure where it is. So also just such yeah, a driven, is, yeah. great dude, so motivated and driven. I, I follow him on social media and he just recently monetized his YouTube channel. And I think he's, in the past few days, he's making like $6 a day or something. But just to see, even though it's six bucks, he spent tons of time creating content and now he's at the beginning stages of making money well. It doesn't matter that it's a, a very minute amount of money. It's the idea that now money is coming in from all that hard work. Yeah. So that money will grow. There's no question. The, the, that six will turn to 12, to 24, to 30, to four. I'm, he knows that. I know that for sure. Because he's not going to just yeah. shut the light off. He's definitely going to keep it going. <laughs> so uh, when, I, when I see that and I'm, I'm at almost 560 subscribers, I need 1,000, I'm getting there. You're going to get there, There's man. no, no yeah. way I'm not. So... I'm just, I'm stoked for that. And that's I'm the so mentality excited. you have to have. And then after you get to that thousand, that's just 10,000, 10, 100,000, yep. you know, and it's just keep going from there. Sky's the limit, man. Yeah, dude. And at that point, God willing, I mean, there's just endless opportunity. Yeah. Because you, you know, you really want to get yourself in front of as many people as possible. You know, it's not necessarily about being famous as much as it's about, it's about that proximity. Just, you, you get your name out there. You have... I mean, especially in a business like real estate. Yeah. If, if, if hundreds of thousands of people are watching my content and they know I'm a real estate agent 
and they get to know me. They see how I am. Yeah. They see how I interact with people. And you doing what? this inspires me as well because I know that I have to get more comfortable being in camera. I mean, in front of a camera. It's not mm -hmm. that I'm not comfortable being in front of a camera. I am. I just have to make it a habit of getting on more often. Mm -hmm. And that's something that me and my coach are actually going over now is making videos regarding real estate as simple as, you know, how the process is going to look once you go under contract, how the process is going to look once we list your property, you know, how does it look? You know, once you, you know, you know, for any step of the, any step of the, of the process in the business. And that's something that we're going to be creating. And this just inspires me that I know that I can. And I just have to add that on top of what I'm doing already. Since I started, because I was not a tech guy at all. So I went, I went to this electronic store in New York called B&H. It's, it's world famous. Okay. You have successful people from all over the world that go there. And it's actually, yeah. it's actually owned by Hasidic Jews, you know, the Jews with the curls. Oh, okay. Yeah, they own it. So there's a bunch of them in there. Oh, cool. And, but you have A-list celebrities going in there. We're talking, you know, uh, J-Lo and other people, I'm sure, have been, but like very, very famous people. So I went in there, made an appointment with this uh, guy who does video, and I basically told him, gave him the idea of what I wanted to do. And he told me what to buy, and he sent me to different departments in the store, and each person is a pro in that field. So cameras, you got a camera person. Videos, you got a video person. Audio, you got an audio person. And they ask you what your budget is. They ask you what you're looking to accomplish, and they, they're just phenomenal. So B&H, I would definitely, if you wanna, want any promos, I got you. $5,000 an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Five thousand. We were gonna pay you ten. Say no more. <laughs> so yeah, I, B and H. You guys should definitely reach out to me because I love I love your love your store. Like what you guys are about. You, I mean, they're top they're top notch. Yeah. So that's awesome. yeah, I'm definitely equipment. I've learned a lot about all this wiring. Might seem a little complex. I had no idea what I was doing before, and now I just hook everything up. But uh, yeah, I'm ex I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna be getting new microphones soon. Be getting the standard like podcast mic. So Joe Rogan and all these other big podcasters they they use this awesome, it's called a Shure SM7B. These mics are like, I don't know, what are these mics? 30 to 50 bucks. Those mics are like $400 a piece, $350, oh, wow. $400 a piece. Yeah. So You'll eventually, there, man. yeah, no, 100%. There. What I want to do is I want to get four microphones. So at least four microphones. Yeah. So this way I can interview a couple of people at once. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And one thing I train myself to do, what, you know, to make sure that I accomplish something and I affirm that it's already mine is and you know anyone of your listeners listeners can take this as a tip is you know removing the word try from my language removing the word but removing the word um hope you know i hope that this happened i just removed all that and you you know that has brought me tremendous change into like just affirming what is mine if i say i'm going to do this i won't say i won't say try i don't i i can't remember the last time i said that word so I always told myself, okay, I'm going to do this. If I'm not, I'm going to say I'm not or not at this time. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say try. If mm -hmm. it's a try for me, it's something that I'm not really going to do. So, and that's just going back to, you know, your subscribers. You're going to get there, man. Mm -hmm. You're going to get there. Mm -hmm. You are going to get there. It's not that you're going to try. You're not going to hope that you're going to get there. You will get there. You know, not the it's not a matter of if, but when. I love that. I love that. I, I, love, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I said that when Lee was asking me, if you remember, mm -hmm. if Lee was asking me what I can what I, I've learned now that I didn't know later, mm -hmm. it was just a matter of knowing. So yeah. at this point, it's like, I, I think I'm doing everything I need to do where I am. Yeah, And of course, there, 
it's funny to say that. Of course I can be doing more, but I know I'm on the right track. Exactly. Because there's always, you can always be better, mm-hmm. but you also have, you can't, you, if you don't know what you don't know, then, yeah. you know, you only know what you know. So. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier about <laughs> just, you know, just jumping in the pool. It's not about dipping your, your toes in the water. You know, you got to jump in head first and mm-hmm. you got to just, and focus on the activity. You're focusing on the activity. You're doing the right thing. If we go back to last year, you told me this year I was going to pass what I did last year and make you know double the amount of money, which it was a goal. And I told myself, I am going to do it. And by me saying that, now I'm here and I'm like, wow, I did it. But if we were to go back, I was freaking shitting on my pants when I, yeah. when I set that goal, you know, and even the same thing for the year before that and the year before that. But I just decided that, hey, I'm going to shoot for the stars and the worst that can happen is I'll land on the moon. You right, know? So, right. That's that's and that's the mentality we have to have, and that's not being afraid to fail either. Many people don't start because they're afraid to fail. They also hate looking stupid. I think so many people. I have a yeah. lot of friends like this, and I love them all. It's being new at something, starting something different. You've been doing something for five years. You're mm-hmm. good at it. You don't really like it. It's okay, but you you are in this. You have the sense of comfort where everyone knows you're doing all right, and okay. But there's this thing you'd much rather be doing, but it requires you to, to discontinue what you're doing now and take a complete leap of faith and just try it. And you may very well look stupid in the process, but that may be, I mean, a life and death yeah, difference. Very, yeah, I mean, can, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll be night and day. And yeah, you just, there's, nothing, there's no two ways about it. Start, I, I've, I saw this quote about it, but you have to be willing to look stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. just there's no there's no other way to And that's a, that's another quote I heard. You just gotta be Forrest Gump. <laughs> you you know? saw that? Yeah, that just 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 be Forrest Gump. And I I think Alan was the one that, that, that <laughs> said this one day, if I'm not Alan is our OP from our office, is you just gotta be Forrest Gump and just do it. I mean if if they say that if Forrest Gump was a real estate agent, he'll probably be the number one real estate agent in the country. Yeah, right. Probably because he doesn't ask questions. He just does it. You can say, Hey man, here you have to call a hundred people a day, you have to meet with ten sellers a day, you have to go on this many appointments, and he what would he say? He would just say, Okay. Right? Yeah. And he would okay, do it. Okay, I'll do it. He, I'll do it, yeah, Jenna. Yeah. And you I'll just gotta the... have that mentality, man. It's just that, yeah, I'll do it. And it's you know, we were talking about that on the team meeting about having a coach, which you know, Lee was my coach, Alan, you know, now I have Jeff Glover and, and, um, and Greg Erlinger, which big shout out to Glover you and, and live on real. Cause they, you know, they keep my head on straight. They keep my blinders on as to what I need to do. And, and I've come to realize that success gets boring too. You know, sometimes it gets mundane to do the same thing over and over and over and know that you're, you know, making money, know that, that you can go and do whatever you want that day. But, keeping your blinders on, staying focused because you know that you have a way bigger goal than where you're at now. Yeah. And it's very easy to get complacent where you're at and say, hey, you know what? I'm making two, 300K a year. I mean, I can just chill out. I don't really have to go on more appointments. I'll at least not stress about it the way I used to. But no, man, it's like if I made it this far, why stop? It's like many people don't know this, but 10 years ago, I was freaking 230 pounds. I was always obese most of my whole life from, you know, late elementary school to high school. I was very obese. And about 10 years ago, which was when I got into trouble, I ended up going to jail for about a few months. And in there was when I really, you know, started reading, started reading the Bible, started working out. And mainly because I was freaking at a basketball court and I'm here freaking flabby and chubby and everyone there is like freaking this. I'm like, man, I got to get my shit together. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I get into something here, bro, I want to make sure I'm able to defend myself. 
And it's amazing what that energy does to you, man. Those are times where your your back's against the wall and you, you have to do something now. It's like there are a lot of 100%, predicaments, man. A lot of predicaments like, people are in. They're like, You're eh. thrown to the wolves in there, man. And, um, you know, I was Miami-Dade County Jail, pretrial detention center. If everyone knows what that is, that's one of the toughest county jails probably in the country. And, uh, and yeah, man, it was you're sleeping with rats in there. And, you know, this is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. But it really changed my, made me want to change my life more. Made me really what I, made me really see where I want to take my life. And at that moment, I either chose to go left or chose to go right. And I chose to go right, which was the more positive way, which was getting myself into shape, which was stop making excuses, stop being lazy, stop hanging around the people that I'm not supposed to be hanging around. You know, it made really made it really like made myself shift, you know, like a complete 360. And if you know anybody from my high school or if you meet anyone that I went to school with or from back then or even my family, they'll completely tell you that David's not the same person that David was 10 years ago. It's crazy. And it's 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 amazing to see. It's, I'm I'm grateful to be here because God knows that only he knows what he freed me from. So I'm very grateful for that. And yeah, and when I think about that, I'm like, man, I I made it I made it out of that. I got to where I'm at. You know, I can definitely go a lot farther than where I'm at. Can you listen to starter from the bottom when you're in, in the car on the way home? Oh yeah, I do. Sometimes I love that music, man. When I'm going to get a check for a closing. Right? <laughs> Any kind of music like that just gets me going, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. A little, bit of, a little bit of Rick Ross never hurt anybody. Yeah, man, but it's just been an awesome ride, bro. It's been a great, awesome ride. I'm, you know, very grateful for where I'm at, and 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 sky's the limit, man. It's like it's like another saying that goes: once you reach the top of your mountain, you look up and you realize there's another higher summit. So yeah, right. You just have to keep going. Keep so, what's going. Your, do you have a, a monetary goal, or for you, it's just a matter of just doing as much as you can? You know, Gary Keller says that most people underestimate or most people overestimate what they can do in a year, Mm -hmm. but many underestimate what they can do in five years. So my goal right now, I'm 30. I'm going to be 31 in October. By the time I'm 35, I would like to have at least a $5 million net worth. And I would like to have at least, or I will have at least 20K in monthly passive income. So that's, I wouldn't say a monetary goal. I would say it's more of a milestone. So That's I, amazing, I, man. I love I love setting milestones. So it's just something to let me know that hey, I got to where I say I was going to get to. Now it's going to be another milestone. Yeah, and then once you're there, once you're at that five million twenty k a month mark. And you have this same attitude you have, and, and it's going to be even better because yeah. you're going to have a. And much that's twenty k passive income. That's not including the the revenue the money from my real estate team. Yeah, yeah, correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got, yeah, I got from my sales. Yeah, and people might not have like kind of put that together, yeah. and that's that's huge. Yeah, so we're we're looking at potentially huge months. So not potentially for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you right. so, so yes, yeah, uh, a word a word uh, mistake. So it's just uh, it's it's so interesting. And at five million, I mean, like, so I was saying before, the the mentality that you have now, with the confidence you'll have with that net worth, will only compound. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. And and many people think that that's a lot. It's actually not, especially if you're in real estate. I mean, right now we're at a fraction of that, but I, and I know that by us getting the properties, the right properties that we need to get, and buying a certain amount of properties a year. And making a certain amount of investments a year is going to get us that, you know, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, for mm-hmm. sure.
Well, Mr. Bias from the Bias Group, thank you so much, brother, for coming. You, well, thank I, you I'm for glad. having us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad I got to pick your brain. I hope uh, all of you gained a ton from this episode. I will definitely make sure to drop all your social media so people can check it out. Yeah. And hopefully we'll we'll have you on in the future. I will see you in the office as always. Yeah, as see always. See you soon. Man. And we got that we got that transaction to close together, so I'm yeah. stoked for that. I'm excited for that. Absolutely. And that's actually on and the buyer for that is uh, the owner of the current investment property we're buying. So it's it's all working out. I'm glad it got, dude. I'm glad everything got to work out. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I did too, man. And it's uh, an honor to have to be on your show. And thank you, man. And keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm proud of what you got going on, got going on here. And I'm sure you're gonna be one of the best podcasts in no time. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. I got an act for it. Just an, enough. Once enough people see it, we're, we're good to go, baby. For sure, for sure, man. Just the name is gonna catch everybody, bro. Right. It's nice. Soothing semantics. Come on. Yeah, it's a nice, nice, a nice little touch. It's the different. best, the best podcast name I've ever heard, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Bro. Thank you. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.